I want to invite you this morning to open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms 34. And this is our last installment on our series, God Pleasers. Last week we talked about how that God has given us the rain. He has given us dominion. And so it pleases God when we take our assignment to walk in the authority of the believers seriously. Amen. And one of the things that we kind of started on, we started talking about authority over fear, and we started talking about peace. And I want to continue along that line this morning. In Psalm 34, verse 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's a good thing. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Now that word boast there doesn't mean bragging to the degree that we think we're all that and we're full of pride with our eyes on ourselves. But that word boast there has halal and it really means to brag on the Lord. It's a good thing to brag on the Lord. You know, when he does something good for you or does something good through you, who gets the glory? Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. Now notice here in verse 3, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord. We're not to magnify the difficulty. Every one of us are going to face difficulties. The crisis of life come to all of us. But right on the other hand, he said, there's nothing taken you but such as is common to man. Whatever you are facing, whatever I may be facing, it's not, it, it, you know, somebody else has gone through it or going through it. And then he says, but I'm faithful. I'm faithful to cause you, even in the midst of a difficulty, to come through on the other side. So when he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me, we're not to magnify the disease. We're not to magnify the debt. We're to magnify the healer. And we're to magnify the financier. Jehovah Jireh. So, oh, magnify the Lord with me. It's the same oh where he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a strong emphasis on that word oh. Oh, church, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name. Let us exalt the name of Jesus. Let us lift up the name above every name. Let us exalt His name. And why don't we do it together right now? Glory to God. We exalt your name. We exalt your name. The name above terrorism. The name The name above strife. The name The name above every name that would ever come against us individually or come against us as a nation. Amen. Amen. Incidentally, vote Tuesday. You know, if you're not going to vote, you have no reason, you know, no, no place to complain. And even if you vote and it doesn't go your way, you still don't have a place to complain. 
you have a place to get on your knees and pray effectual prayers. I sought the Lord. Next verse. I sought the Lord and he was too busy to hear me. No, I sought the Lord and he heard me. There's something about seeking the Lord in the secret place of the Most High. There's something about waiting on the Lord that opens a door for freedom from fear. There's something about getting over in the presence of God and making yourself available for a saturation of His glory to where you're filled with all the fullness of God. And when you're filled with all the fullness of God, there's no more room for fear. So I sought the Lord. Are you seeking the Lord? I sought the Lord. And what did He do? He heard me. But not only that, He delivered me from 85% of my fears. No, He delivered you. He delivered us from all of our fears. Each and every one of those stinking fears have got to go outside of our lives when we seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Now turn over to Hebrews, the second chapter. And I want you to notice, uh, I think it's verse 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says this. It says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy. That came to me this morning. He came to destroy what the enemy comes to do. He's a thief. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But through Calvary's cross, through his triumph over death, hell, and the grave, by taking the keys of hell and death, Jesus came to destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He is a destroyed spirit. Now you've got to know that. And you can't be afraid of him. But now notice this next verse. And deliver them... Who through fear of death were all of their lifetime, their whole life, because of the fear of death. From the time children learned to be afraid, some way, somehow, all of their lifetime, without Jesus, made them subject to bondage. And even when you're born again, if you don't have the revelation of freedom from fear, you still can be in bondage. Now, I submit to you, now that you're a child of God, born of God, an heir of God, a king's kid, now we have a lifetime of liberty. A lifetime of freedom. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm looking at some free indeeds. You're free indeed. Free from fear. 
free from bondage. In the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, it says something here that we want to also take a look at. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 says this. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of sonship. The spirit of adoption whereby we cry. Now just a moment ago we exalted his name together but we need to cry something else. Abba Father. Abba Father. Daddy Daddy. Hallelujah. No more fear. No more bondage. You've received the spirit of adoption. And now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, through the course of my life and maybe through the course of your walk with God, you may have heard things like, well, a little bit of fear is healthy. And it's okay to have a little bit of fear here and a little bit of fear fear there. Now, where is that in the word? Give me a scripture on that where it says a little bit of fear is okay. Is a little bit of fear okay? Only the fear of the Lord and not a little bit, but a lot. Fear is not natural to the born-again believer. For God has not given us the spirit of what? Let's look at it. 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. Now I want you, you're going to see it on the screen. I'm going to read it right here in the Bible. Ready, read. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. What kind of mind? A sound mind. Now, there are three things here that I see that God has given to you and I to combat fear. And we are in a battle. Fear is going to knock on the door of our soul regularly. It's out there, right? There are three things that God has given us to combat fear. Number one, he's given us power. And really, power has two sources. I want to talk to you about those two sources briefly. The first source of power I want to talk to you about is resurrection power. Resurrection power was made available through Jesus being raised from the dead. The scripture says it is exceeding greatness of his power which is toward you when you believe. In other words, when you have faith that God raised Jesus from the dead and you have faith that he raised you from spiritual death to spiritual life, this resurrection power blasts you out of anything hell would throw your way. Resurrection power. It's on the inside of you. He who was raised from the dead lives in you. He lives in me. Glory to God. 
Now, the second source of power is Holy Ghost power. We got resurrection power, and then you got Holy Ghost power. He said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The power of God is in you when the Holy Ghost came upon you. So don't ignore that power, but cultivate that power by communion with the Holy Spirit. Live over in communion with Him. And pray much in the Spirit. For as you pray much in the Spirit, you will build yourself up and you will rise up like an edifice higher and higher as you pray in the Holy Ghost. And so as you commune with him and as you cultivate this power, then you are strengthened with all might. And that strength that you are strengthened with pushes fear out of your life. But now we can walk through life and we can ignore resurrection power. We can ignore Holy Ghost power and be fearful Christians, but that's not you. That's not us. Now, the third thing that he's given us to combat fear, he's given us a sound mind. How many of you know we need to hold fast to the fact that we have a sound mind? Say with me, my mind is my mind, and my mind is sound power I skipped one love we'll go to mind in a minute say it with me the love of God will help me stay liberated from fear and this this is an easy one when you get a revelation of how much God loves you the devil's the devil gets very upset. He, he does not want you to know or to think for one moment that God loves you. He wants you to think that he's mad at you. That when someone mentions your name, he goes, oh boy. No. He loved you so much that he gave us his son. We are so precious to him that Jesus said his precious blood for us. Now in 1 John 4.18, you'll have to help me with it. Let's quote it together. 1 John 4.18 in the King James Version says, and I don't have it there, so I'm going to go there. All right, let's read it together. There he is. Stop right there. How much fear? How much? There is nada, nada, no say, no, not no say, nada, (laughs) no say means I don't know. We know, you know, (laughs) there, how, how much fear is there when you get an understanding of how much God loves you? 
There is no fear in love. Combat fear with how much He loves you. Say this with me. Love Love. loves me. Let's read it now. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. He that feareth is... So here's what we want to see. Perfect love, it casts out fear. Now the third thing that we can use to combat fear is a sound mind. Fear always comes through the mind. And it happens to everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how sanctified you are or how holy you think you might be. Thoughts of negative possibilities, they will come to you. But just because they come doesn't mean that we need to yield to them. We must make a quality decision that we will not fear. Even though fear comes, here's what your stance should be. I'm not yielding to that. I'm not yielding to that. You know, maybe you just went in for a test. Maybe a CAT scan or a MRI or maybe this test or that test. I'm telling you right now, the devil will toy with your mind in between the results and the test. But if you'll take this posture, we already have the results. We are not waiting on the results to believe that we are healed. We believe that we are healed in spite of what the results say, positive or negative. That keeps you in a posture, if you will, of confidence in Him. Somebody says, what if the test is bad? Well, remember this, that God's word is good. And though you may have a battle on your hands, he's given you the tools whereby you can fight that battle. He's given you his word. Amen. But not only has he given you his word, he's given you friends. I thought I'd get a better. I wish I had a friend up here. He's given you some friends. Friends that won't condemn. Friends that will get in the fray with you and fight the good fight of what? Not the good fight of fear, the good fight of faith. So make this decision. Regardless of what's happening, I will not fear. Why is that? Because the Lord is on your side. And if love before you and God before you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Say this with me, if you would, please. I will not fear, for the Lord 
is on my side. A sound mind. Did you know that your freedom from fear and your deliverance from fear also includes freedom from the fear of man? What is it? Proverbs 29, 25, Paul says, The fear of man brings a snare. But he that puts his trust in the Lord, I think it says, happy is he. Right? I think that's Proverbs 29, 25. You scriptorians, correct me if I'm wrong. We've got a lot of scriptorians here. Thank God you don't have a pharisaical spirit. We've got good people in this church. But you need to understand this. In life, you are going to run into people that don't always agree with you. They don't always say, oh, I just always agree with your decisions. We found that out when we got married. (laughs) But the fear of man, it brings a snare. So God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love, and what? A sound mind. Now notice this. He will always present to you the worst case scenario. What's the opposite of the worst case scenario? The best case scenario. Where are you going to find the best case scenario? You're going to find it right here in the Word. So become familiar with the Word of God so that when the enemy comes in, you can resist those thoughts and then replace those thoughts with God's Word. How many of you are going to be able to do it? How many of you are going to do it? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, go over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the 6th chapter. Say this with me. I have power. I have love. I have a sound mind to combat fear. Enjoy your drive home. Thank you very much. Enjoy your lunch. Enjoy your family. How many of you want a little bit more this morning? Okay, look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the 6th chapter. And notice with me, beginning... Oh, let's begin in verse 25. Verse 25. If you have it, say, I have it. Okay, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. And then he says, go outside and look at the birds. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, what does He do? Let me tell you something. Birds by the billions today are eating. 
by the billions. Some good-looking birds, some ugly birds, some buzzards. But if God feeds the buzzards, how much more is he going to feed the eagles? And you're an eagle. You're better than a bird. Now, we live over in Coyote Hills over near Union City in Fremont. And sometimes I go for a walk back there. And they have huge trees full of blackbirds. I mean, kind of eerie. I felt like the Alfred Hitchcock show, The Birds. I thought, I hope I don't upset those birds. Because there were just... There wasn't just a hundred of them. There were several hundred birds. And I'm walking like that now. <laughs> but I heard no conversation among the birds. Oh, it's been a tough year. The hay dried up. There's been a pandemic. There's no water. Thank you. What are we going to do? No, birds are taken care of. Has God taken care of you? Is He taking care of you? Has He been good to you? Remember that when it doesn't feel like that. Remember that when it doesn't look like that. God has been good. God is good. And he will forever be good to you and to me. Amen? Verse 27. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith. Now I see that everyone, thank God, has clothes on this morning. Right? Thank God for that. And I am sure that you all have clothes to wear tomorrow. And clothes to wear this week. Look, if God does that for the fields and the lilies, man, how much more? How much more is He going to clothe you? How much more is He going to clothe your babies? I just heard the organ right there. Thank you, Jesus. How much more is He going to clothe your grandkids? He's faithful. Then verse 31, He goes back to this. Therefore, take no thought saying these thoughts come to us but we are not to speak them we are not to entertain them we are to cast those thoughts down take no thought of lack 
Take no thought of what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? Don't take that thought. Find out God's thoughts and take those and speak those. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Read verse 33 and 34 with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for Monday. How many of you know Monday's coming? But thank God it's only Sunday. E.H. Harmon says this, It's never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. So he says... Take no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Can you say amen? amen? This is what I learned many years ago. I learned many years ago to live one day at a time. How many of you know some days you've got to break it down to live one hour at a time? Sometimes you've got to live one minute at a time. But there's great value in living today. Tomorrow's going to come. There's going to be things we've got to face tomorrow. But here's what I want to say to you. Don't waste today worrying about tomorrow. Don't waste your daily bread. Don't waste your God-given energy. Don't waste your God-given creativity. Don't allow yourself to be frozen in tomorrow. Today. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day to rejoice. Now is the day to enjoy. Now is the day to live. Breathe deeply. Love deeply. Embrace His grace. Embrace what He's placed in you and for you today. That's why we should say regularly, say it with me, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. One more time. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. So between the amen and the there it is, rejoice. Rejoice. Stop worrying about it. Protect your spirit. Protect your, protect your ears. Protect your eyes. Sometimes you have to protect your friendships. Because sometimes people that are close to us think it's their duty to correct us. 
And I don't mind to be corrected if it comes from the Spirit of God, but I don't want it coming from the flesh. Now, let's just forget that. (laughs) Proverbs 4.23. Are you all still here? I don't want to keep you here past 2 o'clock, so... Proverbs 4, verse 23. Notice this. Keep thy heart, which means guard your heart, diligently. For out of your heart flow the issues of life. Have you noticed that the media, for the most part, is fear-based? Have you noticed that really the whole world is saturated with the spirit of fear? Brenda and I have made the decision, we're just not going to watch anything on television that's not going to contribute to peace. If it doesn't contribute to peace, I don't have time for it. Should I say that? Well, here's another one. I don't care what it is, whether it be a movie or something on TV. If it doesn't contribute to Christ-likeness, we don't need it. What do you mean, Christ-likeness? Holiness. If it doesn't produce peace, and you have to pray an hour or two to get it out of your soul, when you could be spending an hour and two praying those prayer assignments... I almost felt like a nun there, but I'm not, I'm not female here. (laughs) Yeah, she's got me hooked. It always, Hallmark always ends with a big kiss. But I like to play with Brenda a little bit. Oh, it's over with. There's not going to be any kisses. He's going to move out of the country. They'll never see each other again. She says, wait. (laughs) And she's always right on that one. But seriously, you you have to understand what is motivating and what is behind some of these scenes in those movies. The Bible tells us we should not have fellowship with devils. And it's very subtle. I've literally had to pray hard to get some of those things. And I'm not talking about R-rated movies either. I'm talking about Pregnant 13. I mean PG-13. Now, Pastor Mark, you're meddling now. Are you trying to tell us what to do? Absolutely not. You're a free moral agent. Let your conscience be your guide. Somebody said, well, my conscience doesn't bother me. Then your conscience needs another dip. Please, somebody shout or something. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. In other words, don't give any place. Change the channel. Go to the God channel. 
Channel 817, himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Channel 419, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Channel 2911, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have toward you. Thoughts of peace to give you hope for a great outcome. Amen. Change the channel. In closing. In closing, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark the fourth chapter. Say it with me. Thank God that I've been given authority over the spirit of fear. Whew, thank you, Lord. Somebody said, well, you might go into extra innings. You finally got it. You know, when you only get one shot a week, you got to do your best to minister to people. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean you just go on and on and on and on and half the people are sleeping and looking at their watch. Now, it's time to close. Mark, the fourth chapter. This is in the context of the sower sows the word. And he said, where the word of God is sown, immediately Satan's going to come immediately to take the word of God that was sown in their hearts. He said that persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. Jesus had just gone through the parable of the sower sower. He talked about the wayside ground. He talked about this ground. But then he also talked about good ground. And on the same day, in verse 35, notice this with me. And the same day, When the evening was come, he said unto them, We're going to go to the other side. Let's go. The mere fact that he said it means they were enabled to go. They'd been given the directive. And when he had sent them multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm. That word great is mega. It was not a mild storm. It was a storm with bad intentions. And it kind of feels like to me that it kind of came out of nowhere. Have you ever been there? When the storms of life came and it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. It was a great storm. Folks, just because you're in a storm right now doesn't mean you're outside the will of God. Well, I just don't know why God did this. I don't know why God... It's not God, it's the enemy. It's the enemy trying to keep you to go to the other side. Understand this, that every one of us are going to face storms. There arose a great storm. And the waves beat into the ship. It was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. This is the perfect picture of faith. I find a scripture in Hebrews which says, They which have believed do enter in to rest. Jesus said, we're gone, and then he went to sleep. It's the picture of rest. God wants you to rest in the finished works of Christ. He wants you to rest in what he has already said. Rest in what he's already done. Don't fret. Don't stay up at night. For heaven's sake, go to sleep. And get yourself a nice pillow. This is not an ad for my pillow. But get yourself a nice pillow. And put your head down and go to sleep. And don't go to sleep scared. Go to sleep in faith. 
go to sleep with praises in your heart. Sometimes I'm laying in bed and I'll just lift up my hands and I'll say, glory to God. Next thing I know, I'm out like a light. Believe God. Enter into rest. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? They questioned his care. They questioned his love. And what Jesus did, he arose. The storm arose, but then Jesus arose. And he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And what kind of a calm was there? There was a great calm. There was a great mega storm. But when Jesus said, Peace be still, there was a mega calm. Jerry Savelle says it like this, For every mega storm, God has a mega calm. But what I want you to see in closing, Jesus gave them an example of what to do when the storms of life come. And if he gave his disciples an example, he gave us as his disciples the same example. And the example is this, rise up. Rise up on the inside when those great storms come your way. And speak to them and tell them, be still in the name of Jesus. And sometimes you've got to lay your hands on your head and you need to say, soul, be still in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe this, as we please God by taking our dominion and our authority... As we rise up in the name of Jesus, speaking forth the word of God, God will arise and all of his enemies will be scattered. The devil will not hang around. He must flee. He must run from you as in terror. Felt so good to get that out. Let's all stand to our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're following his example. Save me, I'm blood bought. I'm Holy Ghost taught. Jesus is in my ship. There's nothing to fear. I rise up with faith and I speak to the storms of this life. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. And do you know they made it to the other side? And do you know you're going to make it to the other side? I said, do you know you're going to make it to the other side? You're going to make it to the other side of COVID. You're going to make it to the other side of lack. You're going to make it to the other side of oppression. You're going to go to the other side. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is on your side. Woo! Glory to God. Right before the greatest breakthroughs come the biggest storms. So if you're in a big storm right now, get your eyes off the big storm and put it on your great big God, El Shaddai, the God who is more.